Welcome to the Calvary Chapel Naples Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this week's message. For more information about this podcast and other Calvary Chapel Naples resources, please visit us at ccnaples.org. Heavenly Father, um, we want to begin today by saying we know nothing except what you show us, Lord. That we have, we have nothing to bring, we have nothing to understand except that what you reveal to us by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, um, how easy it is for, for us, Lord, to, to maybe presume that we know certain things about this topic of love, and yet every single time we look at Jesus and we look at his love, it's like it's a world beyond us, a world beyond our reach. And, and that's my, my prayer and, and hope this morning, Lord, that you would teach us about your love and, and show us your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So yeah, what is love? It's a big topic. You could preach on it, talk about it, think about it all the time, and you would never plumb the depths, right? People talk about being loved. They talk about people loving them, or most often people talk about people not loving them. I can't believe they're so unloving. We think about it. I love to be loved. Who loves to be loved? <laughs> yeah. It's not like a, a squishy, gushy kind of love, but everybody, everybody needs that. It's a, it's a human need, right, to be loved. The Christian life, built on the premise of love, built on the need for love, built on the, on the need for, for us to learn how to love, right? And this is where the commands come in, the commandments, that as we see love shown to us, and there really it's clarified, right? Because when we see God's love, we're like, oh, that's what it is. Then the command comes for us to do likewise. And in every generation, at every time, the question always comes, what, ex what actually is this thing? And what is the most important thing for us to do? And that takes us to our first passage. Please turn with me in the Gospel of Matthew, to chapter 22, beginning in verse 34. Here Jesus is having this famous conversation with the Pharisees. And they're talking about a variety of things. And towards the end of this discussion, a, a lawyer comes up, classic, that a lawyer would ask this question, all right? That's right. <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> Lawyers. <laughs> but it is kind of classic, right? So when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, testing him, come on. 
and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus had no idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, let me read through them and, and quickly, quickly assess. Uh, don't murder. No. Um, he, he wants to know, what's this all about? And honestly, and honestly before, before we get to the answer, I, I don't think this question really was like, yes, it was testing him, but I think it was also wanting to know. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they're, they're, they're a mixed bag of people, as were the lawyers that were kind of part of their company. And, and lawyer, by the way, we're not talking like just like, were they legal lawyers trying to get... Um, Somebody off, off the hook. You know, they were those who studied the law. They they were they were vested in this interest. They had read it a lot. And Jesus said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." This is actually another passage from the Old Testament. I think I think Deuteronomy six. He said, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's in Leviticus. So he points back to other commandments within the Bible. And he says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. There are four Greek terms for love. In fact, actually, there are a few more as far as they're kind of mixed in with other attributes as I was studying this week, but kind of four traditional ones. There's storge. That's uh, love for uh, family, familial love. The love mother for a son, grandmother for a grandson. There's uh, eros, which is erotic love. Sexual love, that's found in, should be only found in marriage. There's phileo, who, everybody knows that one, right? Phileo, what is that one, guys? Oh, you're a confident bunch. <laughs> brotherly love, right? Philadelphia, that's the city of brotherly love, phileo. And then there's the fourth one, the king. Agape. Agape love. And that is God's love. God's love for you. God's love for me. Altruistic is one, one way that I heard it described. It means it has, there's no negative flavor. It's all, it's all for the, the best possible best thing for the person receiving it. Agape love. And in this passage in Matthew 22, the word, of course, the New Testament was written in Koine Greek, the common language of the day. The word there for love, loving the Lord your God, is agape, or agapeo, actually, in, the, in this verbiage. You shall agape the Lord your God and agape your neighbor. And that's, that makes sense. But it also becomes an impossible task at the same time. Because we're told that the commandments for us in loving 
is to offer to the supreme being, right, his love for him. And then, to make matters worse, that we also have to love with his love one another. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine a test that I would fail more often <laughs> than, than this attempt at loving with God's kind of love himself, right? I mean, if God had like a scorecard about how well I loved him with his kind of love, I could only imagine that I would get a report card back just red ink all over the place at the places where I had failed. And we're not talking like, like red letters in the Bible, that's a good thing. We're talking about like, you know, a 33% or less. We're talking about an F minus. Can we just be honest about that? Can I be honest about that? Hopefully, can you allow me to be honest about that? Like, can I just, man, that's, it's a, that's a fail, you know? Like just right out of the gate, you know? I think I probably wake up and just, F, you know, if I could get, a, get an F. Don't you want that in the morning, by the way, when you get up? Just the Lord hand you an F on your report card for the day. Like, you've already failed. You haven't even started. Have fun. I'm getting breakfast. Coffee's not going to help, but you can try. Oh, you think two cups will do it? Nope. I always think that second cup is going to do something more for me than it does. Does anybody have that delusion? <laughs> like, I just, I just need one more cup. And then it's like, no. <gasps> now I'm just... Now I'm just jittery, you know? <laughs> so the first thing I wanna, wanna get into with this study is just to ask this question, how are we doing with these two commandments that Jesus says, upon these hang the entire law and all the prophets? And more than just, are you, how are you doing as far as the grading? Because I know that's, that's tempting, I think, for a lot of people. It is for myself, and I, I know it's not everybody. Um, but is this a commandment that we take seriously and, and a commandment that we pursue? Right? To ask yourself the question and to just take a moment and be like, am I, am I trying to achieve this? Am I pursuing this love? Because this is, this is a very proactive thing, is it not? It's something we're supposed to be about. Like, are, are you trying to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and of course in another, another place it adds strength with all of your strength. Have, have you ever just taken a, a second to kind of assess how big of a request that is and how big of a commandment that is? And again, it's a commandment. We don't usually think about like love and commandment, but they are woven together in the scriptures. I remember once I was, I was, I had read this passage years ago and I just kind of was like, okay, Lord, let me just see how I'm doing here. Okay. Let me just start with one of these. All my mind. Wow, what are you asking me to do? Like, that seems so impractical. 
like almost impossibly practical. It's up there with like praying without ceasing. You know, it's that's the everybody you ever wandered into that command that 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 saying of Paul, pray without ceasing is like you mean never stop? Like and with all of your mind, like that's a lot, is it not? Right? And back to the breakfast analogy. Well, what about like when I have to think about breakfast? Am I am I violating the law of love by preparing oatmeal? I can do it maybe while I'm doing Cheerios, but oatmeal is like a little bit more, takes a little bit, scrambling eggs, that's, I'm going to be all in there. Like, that takes a lot of focus, right? Eggs? I'm, I'm just saying we can get to this kind of practical level, right? We're like, well, if I just do everything super simply, it's like if I have Velcro shoes, I can love God while I do the shoes, but if they're ties, I got to, I don't know if I can all the mind there. Do you think that's what he's getting at? The lawyer says no. (laughs) What is the pursuit of your life? What is the direction of your life? What is the goal of your life? What is the ambition of your life? This is what all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul is about, is about the direction of the person, is it not? Where, Where are you headed? As you, as you go and do the job you do, the work you do, is it to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself? Or is it to go get a paycheck and get out of there as fast as possible? <laughs> Five o'clock comes, different commandment, right? Do you really want to give the Lord Love. Let's just ask another way. Do you actually love God? We just sing what we call a set of music. A time that is set apart to, to love God, right? I mean, that's the purpose of, of what we just did. Is that we would just love God and love Him well. But that has to continue. That can't just be something we, we do here and there. I worship God, I love God from 9.02 to 9.33, however long the set is, right? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. The soul one, I think, is really kind of the engine because it has to do with the, the direction and the desire within a person. No one can see your soul. No one can know the inner things that you are hungry for, that you pursue, that you, that you want. But God sees right in there, it's very black and white for him. And he asks us to have a pursuant kind of love for him. If you want some homework, and I know most of you do, right? Steve, he loves homework. He loves homework, and what's your second love? Oh, genealogies. He loves genealogies. You can't get enough of them. I tried talking to him once, and he was just like, have you read this genealogy? It's amazing. 
take a look at if you want if you want to know look at your look at what you spend your money on just got real quiet look at what you spend your time doing we have cell phones i don't know if yours has this mine has a weekly report thing it's like uh, it usually pops up actually right before church i don't know why <laughs> somebody at apple is very smart um too smart um, probably not loving the Lord their God with all their mind, heart, and soul, and strength, but, you know. Anyhow, it, it comes up, it has, tells me how many hours and minutes I've spent on that device. Wow, is that, like, astounding and depressing. I, and I always rationalize it, I'm like, and probably because I left it on, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's because I was reading the Bible app, right? right, right. Well, I did read the entire book of Leviticus yesterday in the bath, not in the bath. Never mind. <laughs> your time and your money, right? Are we pursuing love? Are we making it a commandment? Are we making it a goal of our living? But this is not all about, that's not the only facet of, of love, of loving God and loving people. There's a second facet. It's, it's not just what we pursue, but it's also what we don't pursue, what we refrain from. A husband, after all, should love his wife by, by being pursuing, a pursuant of her, taking her on a date, some special time, but also by not having any special time with any other woman, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a positive side and there's like, and you also like, like you don't get to do that because you did the positive. There's also like you have to make sure to refrain from certain things as well in order to love well. If you're serious about the question, how do I love God well? How do I love people well? Then you should also be serious about the question, what should I not do so that this thing would not be violated? Jesus said that these these two commandments that upon them hang the entire law and the prophets. So let's, let's head into the law and see what it says about this. Let's head into the Ten Commandments. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. This, of course, is the famous Ten Commandments. And it is largely, of course, a, a code of conduct that was given to the Israelites by Moses on Mount Sinai. But it is largely a list of, of negative things. It is, it is a list of mostly thou shall not. Of the Ten Commandments, only two are positive as far as what you should do. The rest of them are what you should not do. And I think this is part of love that sometimes is not explored enough. Let's read these. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. That is the, that is the setting for this, then, the commands. He is the Lord. He did this work. He rescued you. And if, if you need to kind of hear that in your own language, he is the Christ that rescued you from the bondage of sin, right? The, the, your own personal Egypt, you all have an Egypt. You all have something You've been set free, and now come these words. 
Therefore, that's not in the word, I'm just saying because of that, that, that makes sense. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. If you're going to make your cattle work today, probably best to not do that. Anybody's planning to make their cattle work today? For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. That's the longest of the commandments, isn't it interesting? The one about rest. He's like, let's really clarify. <laughs> Those are the first four. The next six, which are, of course, the first four are about our relationship with God. The next six are about our relationship with man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And here's how you do that. Honor your father and your mother, your closest neighbors. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. Get that off your bucket list, guys. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything else that is your neighbor's, nor his Porsche. I added that. I should not do this. I should not do that out of love. Now, when I look through this list and I read it, and by the way, if anybody has children in the children's ministry and you get an opportunity to have Miss Cynthia teach you the Ten Commandments, oh, she left because she's with a kid. Yeah, imagine that. To teach you through the Ten Commandments, it's an amazing thing. Um, she has just a, a way of, of, of teaching children about this. Um, and it's interesting to me. I think of, of the Ten Commandments, those last six, about, about, which are about loving your neighbor, are pretty, they seem like pretty self-explanatory, right? Like when you read, thou shall not murder, you're not like, really? Because you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe, like, no, it's clear, right? And that thou shall not steal, I mean, they're, they're, they make sense. 
So I got to tell you a story. I was, we were on a, a little trip a couple weeks ago, and, and I was talking to our kids. Something, something happened. I can't, I can't remember exactly what precipitated the discussion, but somehow we got into like, uh, talking about how like, you, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't lie to people. And like, well, why? And you shouldn't, you shouldn't want what other people have. And well, why? And, and I was like, don't you guys know the Ten Commandments? Haven't you been taught the Ten Commandments? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we know. I'm like, have you read this? And they're like, oh, wow. Like, we started like, writing our own versions down inside our little, little camper when we were on our vacation. And they were all like, they were like, and it, 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 it impressed upon me. And I think that's actually why I, I, I put together this message that unless you really study and think through these things about, about your behavior and what you should not do for other people, sometimes you forget. Sometimes you're not aware what, that you're even doing these things. But the covet one, I think, is especially that way. We have a propensity to desire things and stuff, and clearly he's telling us we've got to trash that if we're going to be about this commandment of love for other people because it can consume you. And it was just a really interesting evening where we were kind of talking about these things and the kids were writing them out in crayons. And I think Adam writes down at the top of his paper, like, treat others how you want to be treated. And I'm just thinking, yes, that's, that's what this is really all about. And I think, again, those are pretty, I mean, those are pretty common sense kind of things. But I think, I think the real gem as far as this study, and, and I'm going to take a little bit of a rabbit trail here, is is really understanding the commandments for how we are supposed to love God. Because I think, again, we, we make assumptions that we maybe know how to do that. And, and here in this list, we are seeing that those things are actually quite different. Look with me at, the, at these first four, four things about loving God, and we'll see that they are, they are very different. The, um, the things that you can take from God the things that you can not do for God are not about obviously physical physical things, right? There are so many things about the commandments with man about about kind of leaving certain things alone, whether it's marriage or whether it's uh, objects, right? With stealing or, or coveting, or and so there's there's this thing about possessions. But with God, what is the thing that is 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 the the primary idea behind loving Him in these commands? And it has to do with His honor. And it has to do with the things that are owed him relationally. What do you owe God relationally? What do you owe him as far as how you approach him? Because all these four things are about the honor of his name in your heart. The first commandment, no other gods, nothing else before him. Always number one. The second one, about creating false images and idols. Nothing else that would take his place. Like, that's interesting. Why does he need to clarify that with the, with the idols? Doesn't the first one kind of summarize what the second one does? Well, no, but this is the kind of the positive and negative of this situation. He's like, don't make anything. Don't make anything. Don't pursue anything. Anything that you would see that would disrupt you from keeping me as the top thing in your life. Then he goes on and says, and how are you with my name? And it's all about the honoring of his name. And then the Sabbath. And I think this is really interesting about the Sabbath. 
is it's all about resting where and what. It's resting in Him. The Sabbath is really almost more about trusting in God's ways and, and, and acknowledging that if you take a day off, you're not going to be like behind the eight ball. And so these commandments give us a lot of clarity about how exactly we are supposed to love God. How exactly we are supposed to give Him our love. And how we are supposed to honor Him. And it's all about the inside. It's all about the inside. Anyhow, so now we've covered the pursuing love. We've talked about the things to refrain from. We've talked about the love of God, but there's, there's, a, there's a third facet of love that I want to kind of close with today. And this is found in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34 and 35. Jesus, on the occasion of the Last Supper, took a towel and after they had reclined and after they had eaten and had a basically a beautiful evening with, with him and his disciples, he took a towel and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now you, you've probably studied this passage or heard of this passage before. You've heard of the occasion of Jesus washing his feet, but if you can just imagine right here, right now, just take off your, don't take off your shoes literally, but metaphorically take off your shoes. We're all just, bare, we're all just like kind of barefooted in here, right? And Jesus comes around to each one of us, the Lord of glory, and he, you're not looking up at him, he's looking up at you because he's at your feet. And he's washing your big toe where all the gunk is. You know. <laughs> Getting it out of there. He's very kind with your pinky toe because it's a delicate toe. And gets all the grime off your ankle. Touches that one part on the bottom of your foot. It's very relaxing. Washing your feet is almost like a, it's almost like an exercise in, in humility, is it not? You're, you have to be disarmed to allow somebody to wash your feet. You, you can't be like all active and walking around the place. That can't happen. You have to be seated. You have to be still. And you have to allow someone to clean them. A couple of days ago, my, my daughter Addison had really dirty feet at the end of the day. Didn't have time for a shower. So I was like, let's, let's go wash your feet real quick. And she just sat on the sink there. I love it when they're at the age where they can sit on sinks. <laughs> just something about it, right? And she put her little feet in there and A little bit of soap. Just wash those little feet. 
She just looked at me. I just looked at her. We didn't talk. We didn't need to talk. You just washed her feet. But I loved it. And I think sometimes we forget that Jesus loves to wash your feet. He loves to clean you up. He loves to just hold you and wash you and get that water going. Take all that grime off. Refresh you. Hold you. And then after that, he speaks. A new command I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And the newness of this command is not the love, it's the how. It's the how of the love. How he showed his disciples love. How he washed their feet. How he humbled himself. That's the newness. I don't know about you, but I'm really, I'm really hungry for that kind of newness to be sown into my life, sown into my love for God, a freshness for Him, a freshness to love others. Do you think it would be different if you approached work and before you went in, you thought about washing the feet of all the people that you were about to deal with? you think it would make a difference if before you got home or before you came in the house you thought of washing the feet of every family member inside? Greater love has no one. This is about the quality of love. The quality of love. Greater love has no one than this and to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's what the newness of Jesus was always about. You see, his love shown to them came from the place of not just following a command, but of laying himself down for the other person. Laying yourself down.
Go back to the, think about the Ten Commandments from the perspective of laying your life down. If you've laid your life down, then worshiping something besides God is anathema. It doesn't even make sense. Honoring his name, resting on his Sabbath, those are just natural outflows because the life is already laid down and the exaltation of him is just, that's just how it is. But if you don't lay yourself down, if you're not doing that with the quality of your person, then all those commands of loving God are going to be a constant struggle. Because what you're really doing, if I may be so blunt, is you're trying to exalt him as you are exalted at the same time. The what about me is always at play as you're trying to do this. And so there's, there's competing interests. Jesus is all about getting rid of that competing interest. How about loving your neighbor as yourself? If you've laid your life down, then the commandments are exactly this. Simple. Not hard. At all. If you've laid yourself down, not stealing, is of course I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Because you've raised them up. Don't you see, when you look at Jesus kneeling and washing, that's, that's what he's saying. There is, there's you. Can you see yourself there? Can you see yourself as the one now doing the washing? As I have loved you, so you love now another. But again, you begin to hold your life up. You begin to prop yourself up. You begin to build yourself up. And all these commandments will become endlessly burdensome. Because you're making it about you while you're trying to make it about them. And how does that work, guys? How does that work when you're making it about you while you're trying to make it about them. It does not work well. Haven't we all learned this lesson? Haven't we all felt the tension in our hearts? Haven't we all sensed the, I'm still kind of holding on to this thing, this me. And that's the thing that has to go. You have to go. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Well, how's that going to happen? By laying yourself down. Have you ever been burned loving people? 
Probably so. What happened after you got burned? This is important. This is really important. What happened after you got burned? Because you're all going to get burned again. But what happens next? This is where your Christian life really, really is directed. You can do one of two things. You can say, I'm not going to do that again. That's the fleshly response. Or you can say, Lord, help me to love again and to love more like you. the decision is yours. It's not easy to love after you've been burned and been hurt. But it's really easy at that point to begin to put up walls and barriers. And then when people bump into you, they're not bumping into a foot washer. They're bumping into a wall, and people can feel it because it's hard, and it's protected, and it's me. Don't mess with me. It says that. All around you, when you interact with people, you are feeling and sensing what they have done with the issue of love in their lives. You can't control what someone else does what someone else has done when they've been burned and hurt. But you can control what you do with it. And it doesn't mean you're not going to get burned again. You probably will. But if you go about as a foot washer, Your joy will be full. You will have lots of peace. And you will know when the time is to bring out the basin and to begin to wash, just like Jesus did. I don't have to remind you whose feet he washed here, right? He washed the feet of Judas. Let us not forget that he says this is also a commandment. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I have loved you. close. Have you ever been in the kitchen with somebody who's like a really great cook or chef? Ryan raises his hand. 
Mom, it's true. Although I make a mean cornbread. Yeah, right? It's largely about the cornbread, am I right? Absolutely. Well, absolutely, right? We won't get into the southern or sweet or whatever. You see them mixing it together, right? You see they're adding little ingredients. They're like, oh, I like it with a little, i put a little jalapeno in there, I'll put some cheese on top. Or, well, we use the kind from this store or this, there's this, and they're, and, they're, and they're cooking it, you know? And you're smelling it, goes in the oven. It's not lunchtime yet, guys, but it's coming. And I think all those flavors of like fellowship and, and family and food, that's what the flavor of laying yourself down is for other people. And we have to just remember how wonderful it is when we get to experience that ourselves, right? Like when you get invited somewhere and you, you walk in and you smell that and Like when you bring your food on Friday. I mean, we love the Bible, but <laughs> we love your food too. Amen. Denise makes amazing soups. She, she does this, and she, she brings in a laid down life as she brings her soup. And my only encouragement is this, is do you want to bring that to other people? that aroma, that flavor. And do you want to bring that for your Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for the leading and conviction of the Holy Spirit in this place, Lord, that whether it is about needing to learn what not to do, or needing to learn how to pursue love, or just needing to learn about laying your life down, that you would search out and seek out the hearts and souls and minds of all these gathered here, and myself too, and just show them that next step as they seek to learn how to love you and learn how to love others. Lord, we can't do this by ourselves. We need your, your Holy Spirit to show us, to guide us. Lord, change our hearts and make them more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.